BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Divorce Not Dead. And today we were going to talk about transitioning from wife to single person. I mean, I can only really go on myself and my experiences from, you know, from being a wife of 18 years and then to living on my own. Well, I mean, living on my own. I have three children. My assistant in the house on my own would be different, I suppose. I think that a lot of people sort of stay in long-term marriages, I've understood, especially since I've done it, because I think people are sort of looking to me to see whether I sink or swim, and especially friends of mine. And I, I, you know, I've spoken to a lot of friends of mine, and I know which ones have been struggling in their own marriages. And I think that the pandemic and COVID has really strengthened some marriages and been the nail in the coffin for others. Even now, if you think about it, we've been stuck indoors for four months minimum. Most of us couldn't travel at all, nearly six months. You're talking a good part of a year with the person that, you know, if you're a busy person, and like my ex-husband and I were, we were gone two weeks of each of each month, probably each. So he would land, I would set off. I think that a lot of my travel, although I, you know, I, I traveled for work and I have a lot of work internationally, I think what I understood and when I was making my decision or really understood that it was time was I looked so forward to the travel. It was just such a release to get out of my house and out of the pressure of just as a full-time mum and wife. And as much as I love my family, which I really, really, really do, really wanted to hold it together. And that's probably why I stayed longer than I should have. I realized that it was time to leave when honestly, I wanted to be out the house more than I wanted to be in it. And it's particularly obvious to me now, having lived on my own for the last few months, I've moved into uh, my own house, my own space, which I think was particularly important for me even though I loved my old house, this house has given me wings. And, you know, I just feel like it's more me, everything's me. And having been a wife for so long, and although, you know, my ex would probably tell you I was one of the most selfish women on the planet, 
I still don't think you are that selfish. I wasn't that selfish. I think that you're always thinking about other people, how they like things, you know, play dates for children, where they're going, what they're doing. Even though, you know, obviously my my brand is built on me being all about me. So obviously I have to do, I have to think about myself more than other people do because, you know, Caroline Stanbury is the brand. So like if I, I have to go and get my nails done, my hair done, look a certain way, you know, think about, it's very hard for a spouse in that, in that environment when your entire brand is you. Most people go to work, say they're in the financial market or whatever it is, they go to work, they do their job, they come home and that's it. It's not, you know, they're not telling their business partner about me, 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 or that their husband, sorry, about me, 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 me. Mine is all about that. So it's incredibly difficult when you have people that are in the entertainment industry because, you know, as a, as a partner, I'm sure you get so sick of hearing about the other person and their job, their face, their brand, their, their this, their that, you know, but it is just the nature of the job, unfortunately. So it does make us quite selfish. I do realize that in this environment, I get to be, for the first time, totally everything in this house is mine. Everything in this house is the way I want it to be. It will be incredibly, I don't know what type of partner I will look for in the future, but it will have to be someone, I, I would look for completely different things because the practical side, I suppose, is already done. I've got, I've had the children, I've been married and I'm looking for something completely different. I, I, I'm not afraid of hard work. I work all the time. So what I'm trying to say is the transition for me was made abundantly clear because I was traveling so much that I wanted to be out of the house so much, which isn't natural that, you know, I was not ha as happy as home. I was having more fun abroad than I was in my house. And I was always like, I'd go home, do my thing, and then wait and long for the next trip. Over the years, I had really prepared myself so that when it, when it did come, I was waiting and I kept saying to my girlfriends, oh, I'm waiting for this like wave to hit me. And I suppose I did have waves, as I said in my last one, where, you know, I, I panicked and things like this. But I mean, I didn't really break down. It's been such a momentum to it since the divorce, telling the kids, moving house that, you know, I haven't really had time to feel this unbelievable loss. And it's like, I've just closed that chapter completely. I took everything down and I don't know if this is the right way or wrong way because I have no idea. But like, you know, for me, I, I took the pictures down. I packed everything up. I helped my um, ex-husband move into an apartment. I helped him decorate it. I got a nice environment for the kids and for him. And I tried to have dinner with, you know, him. I wanted to, my most important thing for me in this transition is to obviously try and maintain and a really, really good friendship with him, which, you know, I think I'm really proud of myself. I've really managed to do, to do that. Obviously there's been times where it's got quite heated and especially no matter what happens, and I don't care how good terms you're on, comes to lawyers and legals and money and all this kind of stuff, it becomes tricky. But I made a big conscious decision that from the very beginning, I wasn't going to fight about these things. I know that from the outside, it looks like I'm, you know, flashy and money orientated and all these kind of things. But I'm, if you know me, I'm really not like, I love making money, but I love making money myself. So I was kind of prepared for whatever my husband offered me. That would be it really for me. Um, I wasn't going to fight because for us, it's not like we had like, you know, an endless pot of money. So for me, I've watched so many couples fight, you know, even if they have 
in the bank two or three million pounds, say, or two million pounds, they'll they will fight for two years for it. Then you end up paying the paying half of it to lawyers. It's insane. And you're like, okay, it may seem like a lot of money, but when you're buying a house, you've got school fees, everything else, it goes so quickly. You, you know, you think you've got a ton of money there. And honestly, by the time the lawyers are done, you don't. So for me, I was I just was never going to go there. So we got the same lawyer. We had the same lawyer. Then we had a mediator. And, you know, he just laid out the books and it was what it was. There was nothing more to fight over. We had been together a certain amount of time. So, you know, we built a lot of stuff together. He's an incredibly generous man anyway. So, you know, we just didn't argue. The money, the money was the first thing we did. So once the money's taken out of it, that's actually weirdly not the emotional part for us because um, neither of us are money led and both of us are pragmatic, like, okay, we'll make it again. For me, it wasn't about the money. It was about, I think the emotional parts for us was, funny enough, the thing that drove us or made us argue the most was the children and how we were going to take care of the kids and, you know, the staff and who was going to live where. That was more up and down for us than, than the finances. Anyway, we had a couple of couple of blips along the way, and I think it also gets a bit emotional. I don't know if either of you are dating at the time or seeing people or going on dates. I think that's quite emotional for the other person, depending on who's doing it, and that can trigger things. You need to kind of keep a, a strong head through that. But once you get to the other side of the legals, and we did that quite quickly, then we had it all drawn up. We shared everything like that. We only had one set of lawyers' bills, so we, we, we paid that really, really quickly. We continued. We agreed on how many days a week that we would keep the children. If you take the emotion out of that and you get on with that quickly, and I think that's the bit that most people struggle with, that is a big part of keeping your friendship. Then, and again, look, I'm talking about two people who you have to be, be reasonable. And I know that, you know, a lot of people going through this aren't reasonable. They're selfish. They don't want to give anything. They don't want to, you know, my husband always maintained, no matter what, you're my family and I will, you know, support you guys, support you guys until, you know, the kids are moved out. And in the meantime, I'll go back to work. And that's what it was. So, and I think actually when I was doing my ex-husband's um, apartment, everyone, I mean, I got hugs from the realtor who was going, I, you're doing an amazing thing for women, just showing that you can do something like this and 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 co-parent and be nice to your ex and not have this um, war going on with him. And it was, it was really, really nice. And we were having dinners together and I was trying to make it as easy as transition for the children. So and then at this, the beginning, of course, my ex-husband was like, oh, you know, can I have dinner every night at home? And I was thinking, well, yeah, of course you can. And then that's when difficulty comes because actually it does, that doesn't work. You do need to set boundaries. And I didn't do that because I was trying so hard to sort of, because I felt guilty, I think, from taking the dad, their dad away and not having the times, which is, you know, breakfast and dinners and meal times when you're all together, those kind of things that I really felt bad about that I wanted to maintain in the house or that he could just pop over because I had the big house and he'd moved to an apartment. And I just thought, well, he can use the swimming pool and all this kind of stuff until, you know, he's settled because with the pandemic, they'd closed the swimming pool next to his and all these kind of things. And then suddenly I realized actually doesn't work at all. Okay, that, that just doesn't work. You need to have boundaries because honestly, he was just walking through the front door. And 
I don't have another space. That is my space. So, you know, it means you can't date or it means that you're, you know, always wondering if he's going to walk in or, you know, it just, that part for me didn't work. And I realized the kids really do need a routine because it was so confusing for them because then nothing else had changed for them. Okay, except for mommy and daddy didn't sleep together anymore. And then they can't understand when it gets worse. So I think the children's been the biggest struggle for me. So then I set new rules that, you know, we wouldn't do it like that and that they would go three days a week to their dad and four days with me. And that started working quite well. It got harder, I think, when, you know, I was going on dates. And also what happens is the children tell each household what's going on in the other household. And that's a complete bloody disaster because, you know, obviously they say it in a different way to how it is. They don't know that they're giving the secrets to the other house. They don't even know their secrets really. But like, you know, information from each house shouldn't really be passed. I don't need to know if daddy went on a date and he definitely doesn't need to know if I went on one or who's in my house when, when. And that becomes really, really difficult because you can't really tell your children not to tell him because you can't tell them to lie to their father. It's not really lying, but it's like, you know, just omitting the truth um, for the sake of everyone. But so, you know, what happens is one parent moves out, gets the ideal life with none of the responsibility, gets the life with, you know, the house, the, 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 the apartment, and they can do whatever they want and no one's watching. And you, you end up with all the responsibility the other side. So I got found that quite hard at the beginning because I was like, oh my God, I'm managing the house by myself. There's no disciplinarian, which is, was my husband. You know, he was the one that managed to put their foot down, his foot down with them. And I was honestly doing the rest. It was working out these kind of things. I'm slowly, slowly, I don't know how many months on now I am, nearly six, uh, no. Yeah. Well, no, it's a year. We broke up a year, year ago. I announced it in December. So we're now another, how many months on? Nearly Eight months on from there. And I'd actually broken up last July. So, you know, but the children only knew in December. And now, we've completely separated and we've actually done the right thing and taken time absolutely apart. But I do, you know, the the odd week go over to dinner for his house for the sake of the children. We just don't talk about anything else. And it's civil again and he's gone off and it's great. So I'm trying to get back to where we were, but, you know, without the children ruining parts of it, which again, as I said, they don't really understand that they're doing. The transition's hard for kids because they don't understand the difference in relationships. So they didn't understand why their father can't just live downstairs. Or if Melissa lives in the house, what's the difference if he does? Pulling pictures out and, you know, trying to get me back together. But I think they've given up with that now and they're absolutely fine. They've actually understood that their bread may be buttered another way now because, you know, different houses, different rules. So some bits they love with their dad and some bits they love with me. So they're kind of understanding that. The best part or the worst part about this is like, the, I mean, I have a girlfriend of mine who's also going through and we've done everything in tandem. It's the weirdest thing. Our lives, I truly believe we met to go through this together. She was married 21 years, but we literally going through it at the same time, same thing, everything. Anyway, we were both laughing because funnily enough, when you break up with a man, you know, I would say, oh, sometimes I thought he was, you know, become boring or didn't want to do the things I wanted to do. Or he had separate friends and I had separate friends. We didn't have the same interests anymore. And we just became roommates. 
And it's so funny to watch from the moment you break up, they become the person you want them to be. You're like, oh, hang on a minute. You know, he's he's partying in Ibiza right now. And I'm like, oh, I could, you know, I, I, I want to go and party in Ibiza. Or like, you know, you have to separate your friends. And you're like, they, they dress a different way. They, But you've got to understand, like, and then sometimes people, you wobble. And I, you know, I know my girlfriend had a wobble the other day because all of these things, you know, he got houses where she wanted to live. He is, you know, becoming relaxed. He's doing all the life that she wanted with him, but he never, he never did because at the time, I think the responsibility of children turned the men into something else. And what I did say to her afterwards and what I've understood is the, that man, sadly, no matter if he becomes your dream man for another woman, will never become that man for you. And I think that's really, really, really important that you remember that he can't become that man for you because you've got too much history. You've got too much responsibility and children, you know, and actually after marriage and not marriage, but after children, your, your, your house becomes a business. I run my relationship with him like a business. We, we have a house together that we actually rent out like a business. The kids are militant and we, we, you know, we swap, you take them here, I'll take them here. What school? We, we're really good business partners. And I've understood that more than lovers and, you know, anything else, we're good business partners. We work well together. And once you're over the pain of everything else, and I, I know that it will change. And I know that, you know, he's a very reasonable, amazing man. So I know that in, you know, however long, another year, I'm hoping that we'll all be holidaying together. And, you know, this will be a thing of the past now actually, he's going to be happier than he was with me and probably enjoy being with me in a very different way and, and vice versa. So it's very interesting to see them transition into the person you always wish they were. And I, I think the difference is as well that men, and I saw this with my girlfriend's husband, men will stick it out regardless because they're traditional, more traditional and they feel like it's what they should do because it's the way we've all been brought up that you you get married, you do it, you get through it. Like my mother said, pull up your socks and just get on with it. But what I realize is that when a woman leaves, she's really made her decision quite a long time ago. I mean, you may not even be aware you're thinking about it, but you know, I understood as well that all the steps that I thought would make me incredibly emotional, like being in the court, signing my, signing my um, divorce. I mean, I don't know if it was because my my divorce was in Arabic and I didn't really understand it. I didn't have the wave of, I thought I might break down there. I didn't. I thought moving out of the family home, I didn't. And then I'm like, oh my God, I was just done. You know, I think I'm really done. I I do, like when I go to dinner with him, I do look at him and think, you know, I do love him as my partner and my friend. I really do. But I don't wish myself back there. And so it's very clear to me, you know, that I haven't had all these times and I'm so happy in my own home that I know that I, I know I've made the right decision. And I think that that that's the only way you'll ever know. And, you know, that's that's the only thing I can tell you is it's not an overnight decision. I think that things like this, they're little things that lead to it. And I also have, as I said to you guys before, I think that life is a series of stories and not one long love story anymore. It's a series of different lives. And if I look, I've, you know, my, well, my ex-husband said you were like, you were like nine different women already. And I think, you know, you have your school years, your building when you're 20s, your, your first love, your first, and you're all these different people. 
And I think that's what's so exciting. Why should we not grow? And why do we need to stay still in this one place? Because that's what we were told um, is the right thing to do. Who Who's going to tell me that is the right thing to do at this stage in my life? I, I watch so many, I see divorced couples with new marriages and they're so much happier and they're enjoying their freedom. And that's why I always say to women, try and always stay financially independent. Do not give up your work. So then you're always able to make that choice. doesn't matter how small it is, doesn't matter what sort of salary you earn, being able to do it, being able to work. Women that have lunched and done everything else don't know how, you know, they find it incredibly hard to then go back to the office environment or just have any kind of work ethic and or just to stick to something and build it slowly. It's not about the amount in your bank account. It's about knowing how to do it. I can make money in my sleep. And, you know, all you need to do when you're divorced is have enough for a roof over your head. And if you've got children, that's normally provided for you. And then maintain yourself. And really everyone should be able to do that at this stage of their lives. And I say that to anybody. I was an assistant before and I know, again, I'm, I'm going to get a whole load of, well, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. But I, you know, I, that's an excuse. And that's just something that people like to throw at me because it makes them uncomfortable that, you know, I'm living a certain way and working. I'm very tough on people because I'm like, get out of bed. It doesn't matter if you're an assistant. I was, was somebody's assistant for years. I built everything myself. And I, you know, if I had to, I'd go back to being an assistant. I have no problem. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, well, not every minute, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, stop laughing, Melissa. Yeah. I'd be the worst assistant now, but but I did it for years and years. I love to work. I love to work. I wake up and think about stuff and how I'm going to continue because, again, these things. Well, look at Dubai. I literally moved here knowing no one. And I made it work for me somehow. It's the hustle. Um, Lisa Rinna who's always talking about the hustle. It is the hustle. It's not about someone being better somebody else. It's somebody who is willing to do anything to, st- to start. And I was that person. I didn't care what kind of job or where I went or who I worked for. You know, I worked for actually, I did went go to work for somebody like me. I went to work for an important person in London you know, started doing everything for him and loved it, loved it. And it just, it just sort of made me grow. Working for someone successful made me want to be successful, more successful, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, even though I, if I, whatever family you're born into, my parents weren't giving it to me. I had to go and get it myself. I just believe there's enough money for everybody in this, in this world. We're all born with capabilities. You all have something that you're good at. And there's no reason for you to sit at home and think, woe is me. Why can't, you know, nothing ever works out for me. I don't have any money. I'm never going to get off my back. I've got no choice. You know, I've got girlfriends of mine who are miserable marriages and they just say, well, I don't know how to earn money. And, you know, they're so used to ladies at lunch and they'll, they'll, they are trapped in gilded cages. I would rather die. And actually it's so funny because everything I was scared of before I got divorced, like, well, how am I going to live? But I flipped a switch in my head very early on. At the beginning, I was going to move to the apartment and my ex-husband was going to keep the house. And we realized quite early on that wasn't going to work because my kids wanted to stay with me, which is very natural. Nothing to do with him. It's just kids want to stay with their mother. I went to the house. But most people downgrade and, and, and get, you know, 
have less of a life when they get divorced. I have been able to maintain, and if not, get a better house than I had before added to it. And I'm living in my dream home, not taking a penny over what he gave me and adding all the extra cost to me and maintaining myself. And I'm loving this. Like I I have created my own sanctuary with my hard work too. All the beautiful things in it, I'm like, I've either worked for or, you know, I, I redid the furniture, you know, everything is from, from me. And I, I could not be happier. Like whether I have one year, three years here, I don't know, but this is my dream house, my dream start. And I'm so happy. If this, if this is year one of my divorce and it's bring it on, you know, like this is, this is a new me. I'm changing my passport back to Stanbury. I'm going back to, I'm working harder than ever. I'm getting, building a team together. I have so much on my plate. I was worried that everything was going to stop because of COVID. My brands are slowly coming back. I'm going to build a clever team of people around me. And I'm, it's only made me want to go further and faster. You know, the podcast is starting. Hopefully you're all going to enjoy it. I think it's amazing. The only other things that I found within, with the transition is actually friends. That was really interesting. So after moving house and everything else, and obviously, look, I've noticed that sometimes when you get divorced, you have to, people take sides. I haven't had that too much. I never took a side in divorce. Most of my friends are divorced, so never get involved in people's marriages or divorces. I think, you know, there are two sides to every story and normally his, hers and the the truth. And, you know, I don't really ask because I'm just, I don't really care. And I don't care in the fact that it doesn't make any difference. If I like the person, I like the person. But I have noticed there's two types of people. There are the old married couple friends that you've had for ages that got married around the same time as you, who your divorce makes them incredibly uncomfortable. Because if you're flourishing, both of you or either of you, it's like, well, maybe they've stuck it out and they were scared to do it, but you're actually doing it. You're doing everything they wanted and didn't have the guts to do, you're making it work and look easy. So really, some of them are wishing that you're on your bloody knees, shaking in a corner and miserable. Now, you know, I haven't had that. And I think they're watching me build my house, build my, go back to work, billboards here going up. I'm increasing my team. I have never been busier, making my house into the best thing I've, I think I've ever lived in. And, you know, everyone's going, how the, how the fuck is she doing it? And it's making people super uncomfortable. Or you get the other types that are like, you know, don't want to invite you over anymore because they honestly think you're going to, you know, hump their husband. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't want the husband before. I definitely don't want him now. And then you get the ones that are your cheerleaders and who like go for it and who are amazing and just pop over all the time just to check you're okay. And that those, you know, those are your good good girlfriends and they genuinely knew before. And I have like my girlfriend in, in, in LA, she calls me every single morning, every morning. In fact, I'm so busy. It's actually irritating the fuck out of me sometimes. Cause I'm like, stop calling every day. And she's like, just checking you're okay. And I'm like, no, I haven't fallen down yet. I'm fine. But it's the sweetest thing. It's so lovely how lucky I am to have that. And then, you know, you have one of my best friends in Los Angeles is, um, Larsa Pippin. Same thing. She, you know, she was married 21 years and same thing with friends. She had different types of friends who, you know, were very happy to ride her jets and take her hospitality and gifts and everything else. And as soon as she was divorced, 
off they went because, you know, maybe the lifestyle changed slightly, uh, you know, or maybe scared because she's single now. I don't know, but it's like, it's it's so horrible to see. I, I can't bear people like that. And I actually feel like those kind of people, good riddance to bad rubbish. I don't want them back. I never want them back. And if I settle down again and then they all come crawling back, no, thank you. You know, you have the friends that sitting there kind of watching you enviously, wishing it was them, but not having the guts to do it or not knowing how to take the first steps. And I get that because, you know, they always go to me, you're so strong, you're so strong. It's not about strength. It's just about taking that first step. And when you take the first step, you really you realize it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. And then you just take the next step and then it's just automatic. It just happens and it's just a sequence of events. And actually it's never as bad as you think. And you understand we really can get through anything. On one hand, I want to show women that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. And it doesn't mean I'm an evil psychopath because I haven't, you know, I haven't crumpled into a heap. As I said, I had moments. I mean, if you go out and you have drinking times with your girlfriends, obviously alcohol lowers your, your mental state. So you're not as strong as normal. So you kind of, you can wake up with a hangover and go, oh God, you know, you, I, you miss the family unit. And I get that on a, on a Sunday, maybe, or on the three days the children are out and you think, oh, you know, I miss having everyone around me. But then that goes pretty quickly because then on the other hand, I get downstairs and I'm like, oh, I've got three days to myself. This is amazing. You know, I can go and do exactly what I want when, when I want. I can go and lie on a beach with all my girlfriends, have a laugh, not have to worry about play dates, not have to worry about dressing the kids, not have to worry about any of it. It's amazing. It feels so good. So I'm actually, I actually quite look forward to the days on my own, the bits that I thought I would miss. I really am so motivated to work right now, work really hard and build. We have so many ideas that we want to build and what I want to do that this is, I feel like we're on a, we're on a train right now. This podcast the According to Caroline tour, which is actually, I'm going to turn it into Divorce Not Dead because I think it actually says exactly what, what we do. You know, we're going to take this on the road and we're going to meet more and more interesting guests that I'm going to bring on. Like I, I don't know if any of you have heard, but one, uh, one woman, I, I mean, I haven't got hold of her yet, so don't get excited, but I, I'm going to get, you know, in touch with, and if she's listening, whatever. Esther Perel, I don't know if any of you are going through anything right now, but you guys should really listen to Esther Perel. I loved her. Did a TED talk and it's called For Anyone Who Ever Loved. And it's fascinating her take on relationships. And I want to get into new relationships going forward with a different mindset. I've realized I I lived a traditional life and I've realized through this that I am not a traditional person. And I think it's because I've lived an incredibly traditional life, which is, you know, boarding school, regimented. What did my, I went to see a therapist and she said, you've basically lived in the army from six to 18, where you've been told exactly what to do, what to think and where to be. And you learned to cut your emotions and it was very interesting to me. And I've just realized that I don't want that traditional life. I don't want it for my children. And I don't want it for my the rest of my life. If, if I'm to have love stories for the rest of my life, there's nothing wrong with that. Bring it on. You know, I don't particularly, I'm not looking for my happily ever after. If it comes, that's amazing. But 
it's not that important to me. You know, and I look at all these young girls, you know, actually Melissa beside me also, like you, you put your pressure on yourself sometimes to find someone. And then, then you realize that you don't want that life either. She had all that pressure from your parents that, you know, you should get married and at your age, you should be married and having children. But why? But why? You know, like I'm going to freeze my eggs now. Um, if I ever want a baby again, I'll be the oldest mother in in the UAE. And you'll be, and you'll own it. You'll be like, yeah. That's all right. You'll be on with your baby. Okay, maybe not that. Yeah, woo. My point is, the time limit isn't there anymore. Like when Melissa came to me at the beginning and she was like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm always being told that, you know, I have to date and I have to get married and all this. I said, oh, the first thing I said to you was just freeze your eggs. Once you've frozen your eggs, there's no, that, that's it. You have a baby up to you whenever. You'd no need to worry about it at all. Why on earth would you put yourself in a situation with the wrong person? And that's what happens in England, people. We're all sort of brought out in our early 20s you know, and especially when people are debutants and from old families, wheeled out to all these balls, put in front of the right men. And it's like, grab one. And you don't really think much further ahead. And I've got a guy that wants to marry me. But anyway, it doesn't matter because the man that you want to be the father and your life partner is very different. It's perfect. You want practical. You want, you want steady. You want solid. You want, you want a provider. You know, now if I'm a provider, I don't mind. I just want to do naked cartwheels. I mean, literally. <laughs> literally. It doesn't matter. That's the great thing about age. That really is the great thing about age. I wish I had the balls to do this earlier. I mean, not, you know, not earlier, I suppose. I, I, that sounds awful because I, you know, again, I did love him very much. But I think this is a self-discovery for people that like, you don't need all of these things. If you have your house, you provide for yourself. It's just stuff. I would just be just as happy as in an apartment, I, you know, as in this house, because I have a happy switch in my head. Every, when I decided to do this, it was, I saw it as a gain, not as a loss. I am going to gain myself, a new boyfriend, and my family. I'm going to have it all. I've always said that. I'm going to have it all. I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to be a mother and I'm going to work. I have never compromised on anything. I hate that word. I hate the word that they use for, for marriage. Compromise and sacrifice. None of which, I don't know why everyone says marriage is based on compromise and sacrifice. I don't want to do that. Why do I have to do that? Why should marriage be based on compromise and sacrifice? You know, Absolutely, you have to compromise sometimes with with the way you bring up your children because obviously they're his children too. Maybe the decoration in your house and everything else. But why should I compromise on my life? I spent my whole younger years compromising and sacrificing because I was put into a school that I hated and all this kind of rubbish that I lived through. I'm not prepared at 44 to compromise and sacrifice anything. So, and nor do I want my new partner to, by the way. I'm roll on the new partner that walks into this and bring make him make him be selfish. I don't care if if he wants to go and party with his friends and we're at, you know, different places of our life, go party with your friends. Holding someone back will never make the man you want. Everybody has to have these moments in their life or it will only come out later. So I don't want that person to sacrifice their life to fit into my life. It should work alongside each other. It should really complement each other. It should really 
just, you're both independent people. It's not like you get married and become one person. You're two independent people merging your lives. So it should just be fun. I want a partner that I laugh with, that I travel with, that I want to do things with, you know, hold hands with, like I have just, we have the same friends. I think those things change. And I think it's, that's when you understand that you're growing apart when everything else is apart. So, I mean, long story short, I think that the transition is unfortunately harder than the decision just because of children and circumstance. I think if you don't have children, then getting divorced is pretty easy. Once the divorce is done, you're, you're, you're out, you're over, you have no contact. But when you have children, you have emotion, you have just even schedules for children, it makes it very, very, very hard, the back and forth, the, the children, as I said, telling their dad things that maybe they shouldn't, just so many different things. There's so many different equations. I, I do not know how girlfriends of mine got divorced three or four times and remarried. I mean, it is not easy. But, you know, nearly a year, I really see that we're coming through the other side, like really see that it's almost done and I'm we've moved on. I mean we we've signed the papers it's done done but I mean as in like the difficult parts the bits that were emotional the bits that you know kept making us flare up and sort of argue again that's all gone and I think you know they happen you you've got to let these emotions come through normally they you know, simmer up and then simmer down after like a day you just ride them when one person goes through it the other person comes out the other side. And then the the other thing I would say is if you can't, my ex kept wanting to have family meetings and I understood that very quickly that that wasn't going to work for me and I refused to do that. And I would say that don't do things like that unless you have somebody with you or a family therapist because a lot of times in heated conversations, the children hear things that they shouldn't and children don't forget. So it's really, really important that you try and keep level and straight. So I, with that, I'm now having only family counseling where somebody who's a third party can say, and who's been through this before, and I will be doing this on the show, by the way, I'm going to, I actually put out a thing the other day asking for counselors and people in family therapy to come on. And funnily enough, one of the biggest responses I got were family lawyers. And I'm going to go with a family lawyer because they will have had the good, the bad and the ugly. And it'll be, it'll be fascinating to hear some of their stories. A lot of you wrote in anyway with your own stories of divorce. But I, I'm really interested to hear from the lawyer's perspective on family law, more than a counselor right now. So I will have that for the next episode, actually. It'll be really fun to do. Getting in contact with everybody right now. But if any, if you guys have anything else that you want to hear about or you're feeling a certain way, I, as I said, I really would watch Esther Perel. Um, it's a TED Talk. She's amazing because she has just this very open view of relationships and how we've changed over the years and that the traditional ways of marriage just aren't there anymore and nor should they be. And if we had a more open view, we'd all be happier. First of all, young people will be happier because they're not so rushing into getting married and feeling that they're on this huge uh, rat race. And if they're not married, that they've been left on a shelf and somehow they're not worthy. People that are in marriages that are unhappy 
would just make the leap and understand, shake hands and go, you know what, we had a great run at it. You know, people could keep going to me, oh my God, you know, poor you, you, fa-, you know, like it's a failure. It's not a failure. I had an 18 year marriage. I don't care how you look at it. And I've got three beautiful children. So I don't view a minute of it as a regret. I would teach my own daughter that nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. And then if you understand that, there's no more disappointment. You know, I, I want to have a great time with whoever it is in my life next. And then the moment he wants to leave or I want to leave, you just shake hands and say, goodbye. Thanks so much. I've had a great time. If you understand the way of the world today and understand that we're working to this, you know, outdated roadmap, I think at the world will be a happier place. I am very interested to see from these lawyers what the m- biggest reason for divorce is. Oh, and if it's things like, you know, even infidelity, I have a very different thought process to it as well. And I want to see, you know, because a lot of marriages break down for this after many, many, many years. And I think that these kind of things can be worked around. And it's normally, and she talks about this, which is very interesting. It's normally other people's shame that you have to leave them not because you want to leave them particularly. So I really wanted to get more into the psyche of it, friends, how they they put it, put pressure on you to do certain things that maybe you would stick more out, things out, or you would accept more if you were left your own advices, why people give you certain advice, which may be selfish advice. And I want to see what the divorce lawyers think about relationships and how we can modify them for today's world, really, because we live in a different world. Social media, travel, everything's easier now. So the options are, are, there's so many more options in this world and so many things are in front of our face that it's really hard and really probably not possible these days to live the old way. I mean, having said that, you get proved wrong by, you've got Michael and Lauren right there you know, who've been met when they were, what, 16, 17, I think. Yeah, school. And there they still are. You get the odd case. I always say they're my couple goals too. So I love that too. And I would never want to see that change. And I think we should always champion that. And it's so sweet. But, you know, again, they're, they're so in tandem. So tune in next week. And any questions, as I said, or any anything, please feel free to write in. I hope this is helpful to any of you that may or may not be going through the same thing right now, or just any of you who are interested in how to make decisions like this or to, you know, through everything that's gone on lately with the pandemic are deciding if it's something for you. I hope we've been of some help and it's not all doom and gloom. I'm living my best life. So um, thank you for tuning in. Bye. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 